and welcome to this edition of Saturday Sit Down. I am your host, Brother Martin, or Bro Martin, also known as 24, and I'm excited about my guest, my special guest here, Disciple Groot. And Disciple Groot, please introduce yourself, tell us who you are, what you do, and why. Hey, Don. Um, thank you so much for inviting me on the show. So... You kind of already introduced me. I am Disciple Groot with Disciple Christian Motorcycle Club in Alberta, Canada, and I'm the president for the local charter up here. Awesome. Um, you want to know why I do this? Is yeah. you know, it, our club, our club mission is pretty clear. I want to disciple men to have a daily word and prayer time and to pray for the one percent world, and that's our club statement and my personal life. That is um, how I want to live in this kingdom of God. So tell me, um, obviously you're a believer, you're a man of faith. How did you come by a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Oh boy, it's a long story, but I'll try and abbreviate it. Um, I, I grew up in a Christian home. My, my dad was a pastor all my life and my mom was a teacher and we, we, I was a drug baby, got drugged to church three times on Wednesday, three times on Sunday, and every other day in between at least once. Whether it was weeding the garden at church or sitting in the pew at a church service, you know. Um, but I didn't really come to Christ until I moved out of South Africa to England and um, chased a girl, ended up in church with her because uh, she had a big cover-up story about, you know, appeasing the parents in South Africa that she did go to church and then I got saved in that church and um, and my life went forward from there you know I didn't marry that girl either I got, ended up single and um, did a, the God thing for about a year before I met my now wife in that church awesome if um, if our viewers wanted to know the top three things about you, the top three things that you ardently believe in. Share those with us. You know, um, growing up in a religious home in the church I grew up in, the Apostles' Creed was a very big part of the liturgy in that church, but it was very much a nursery rhyme that I had to know off by heart in order to appease my dad, because if he didn't see your lips moving off the pulpit, you, um, you had to practice in his office after church. So, you know, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Um, I believe that he created everything and he holds it in his hand. And I believe in the virgin birth of Jesus Christ and that he, that he came and uh, died for us on a cross and that he was God in human form and that we are to be representatives of him in, in the life we live. And that it truly became a part of my life to, um, to communicate that clearly with men as I go, you know, that they never have any doubt. I'm not, I'm not perfect by any means, but um, they have to know that I believe in God, my Savior, and in His Son, Jesus Christ, and in the death and resurrection of His Son for, for our salvation. Awesome. Amen. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to quote a, a famous quote that I often restate here on my YouTube channel and on this Saturday sit down. 
It's from Johnny Cash. He says, being a Christian isn't for sissies. It takes a real man to live for God a lot more than to live for the devil. So with that being said, share with me and our viewers, what has been your most challenging and humbling experience in your ministry and your role you have now? Cool. Um, so I, I think the biggest thing men str struggle with is pride, you know? Um, so I, I truly struggled with pride. When I, when I came around the motorcycle club world, I was older than the officers around me and the people that were supposed to teach and educate me. You know, and I was like, well, why would I listen to this young guy? I've been around the block more times than he has. And, and, I, and I had an interesting life before I got saved. So um, pride, pride is a big thing for me. So now the most, the most challenging thing for me now, looking at men coming, coming to the club or coming to church and, is to not be a prideful um, hurtful, ju judgmental human being, but be a man of God that can point at pride without breaking a person. That's, that's a big challenge for me as a leader and for me, a, for me as a man of God in the church and in the club. Conversely, share with us maybe your most encouraging and positive experience in your ministry and your role. Oh, the most encouraging thing would be the brotherhood, the, the fact that I know that I know that I know that at any time of day, any time of night, I can pick up a phone and I've lived this. You know, I can phone to South Africa and say, I need a ride from the airport and I know my brothers will wait for me there. Now to teach that to other men that not necessarily even ride motorcycles, but just be a man of your word and do what you say you do and be who you say you are. And keep, like, you know, that slogan, well, you've heard it more than once mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, show up, don't, don't make promises you can't keep. And so I always say under promise and over deliver, you know, it's a, it's a motto I live by. Don't, don't make promises you can't keep. Amen. You know, I've learned in the biker community that uh, your word is your bond, right? Um, yeah. Absolutely. Amen. You know, I, I very much stand on that. Like my handshake is as good as the governor's seal on a letter or better. <laughs> but I, I just don't like backing out. I would rather tell somebody I'll try my best to show up than to say I will show up and I will be there because we ride bikes. We don't know what happens on the road, right? So uh, life happens and, and I'm pretty forgiving to life. But in the same token, if, if you made that promise that, you know, you're going to show up or you're going to do this, you're going to get that done. You better get that done. And don't cry if you have fire breathing down your neck. <laughs> yeah. You know, my, uh, that reminds me, my mom and my dad, they taught me, they said, uh, when I was young, as long as I can remember, they shared with me, they said, son, no one can take your word or your integrity away from you, but you yourself. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So obviously I'm, I'm, uh, familiar with disciple Christian motorcycle club. 
right? Um, yep. But share with our viewers, what goals do you have, you know, for the oil patch crew, for you being the president and uh, moving forward? What are some of the goals and what is your top number one priority goal that you'd like to see accomplished in 2020 or at least by the end of 2020? You know, um, obviously we're in complicated times with 2020. So, uh, and I believe vision should always be flexible because if you get so rigid in your vision, you might completely miss the opportunity to reach someone. So I would, I would say that um, in the times we are in now, I, I truly want to have men use technology such as this to at least reach out to one another, encourage one another, and build one another up. Um, as as a you know a motorcycle club, as a Christian motorcycle club, I am I am hoping that we would um, start as soon as we can socially gather again to to um, meet at our clubhouse for Bible studies. And just coffee, like just sit down with a coffee and, and just be men among men and, you know, encourage men to be the leaders they are to be like, and that's probably my life goal, not just my club goal, but to encourage men to be the men they say they are, you know, to take a stand for what they believe in. And, and if they have any doubt of what they believe in, find out why, and then at least expose them to what I believe and hopefully introduce them to Christ and see them come to Christ. Amen. So with your ministry, your role, and your passion, right? I talk about purpose. I talk about principles and passion here on my YouTube channel. How can yeah. our viewers, how can we support you, your ministry, and what you're doing? Yeah, this uh, Disciple Christian Motorcycle Club has a website. It is disciplechristianmc.com. And on there, there's all kinds of ways they can donate. Um, they can buy support gear. They can buy all kinds of trinkets and stuff. Um, that will keep the ministry rolling. But I can tell you this, that no ministry thrives without prayer. And um, in the motorcycle club world, we... we um, serve a, a community that needs a lot of prayer. And when we are busy with that ministry, I often find that we almost forget to pray. So, so pray, pray for us as men in, in that field, in that mission field. Um, just, you know, invite God to, to ride with us and to be with us everywhere we go. There's so many, I mean, Don, as a, motor, as a motorcycle enthusiast, you, you know yourself, there's so many risk factors, right? Pray that I don't give somebody the middle finger when they try and cut me off in traffic or, or um, pray that, you know, I don't act in the flesh when somebody pulls over because I flipped in the bird for cutting me off, you know? So, <laughs> that's the kind of things that I need support in, you know, um, you know, pray for my men as they, as they ride and spend time in circles where not, most people don't have access to. Right. And, um, and pray that we will be very respectful of, of the community we are 
and that we will continue to show that respect no matter what, you know. Amen. Amen. Now, I have an advantage here. I've gotten to know you over the last year, but I wanted you to highlight something as we wrap things up. There's a lot of tools and vehicles and memorization. There's the mission and vision of Disciple Christian Motorcycle Club. Yeah. But the one thing that kind of stood out, the one memorization and application that stood out for me is something called the four legs. Mm -hmm. As we close up, would you mind sharing with our viewers what the four legs are and what they mean to you? Oh, absolutely. So if the viewers wants to envision a table, and, and I mean a table where you can chop carcasses on it, you know, like a butcher's table uh, with, with strong legs and a thick chopping block on top. If you can envision that table, we, we say we have to keep the four legs even, otherwise the table becomes wonky and you can't put weight or force on it. And uh, so you can't apply pressure to it. So the four legs is one daily word and prayer time. Uh, two, daily worship music. Um, three, uh, giving of your time, talent, and treasure. And uh, now four, you got me, Don. It's okay. Um, uh, go ahead if you remember. Because yeah, not fasting. Uh, fasting, you know, that's, that's the tough yeah, one uh, for me, right? <laughs> it's the Exactly. A regular schedule of fasting is, and it's so important, and it, it's funny that I forget it because I'm actually in the cycle of fasting for for Passover. So maybe that's why I forgot. I'm not <laughs> trying to think about eating. But, you know, people in the modern world think fasting is something like uh, fast food, you know. Um, and fasting is not just food. Anything that takes priority um, in your life or consumes your time over time with God is things that you can fast you know, so um, for me right now, one of the big things I'm fasting kind of by force is social interaction because I love people. I love, you know, hanging out with them, touching them. So I am, as the president of a motorcycle club that want to hang out with bros and brothers in other clubs and other organizations, um, this is a hard one for me. Like social interaction is a hard one for me. But, you know, I have friends that fast social media, Facebook. I have friends that, you know, I can't count television anymore because I've deleted television out of my life over four years ago. So, you know, that is such an important leg. But basically, that's what we try and promote with the, four, with the four legs. We try and promote that you keep those four legs strong so that you can do work on the tabletop and, and um, you know, elevate God ultimately with keeping those four legs strong yeah Amen. That's, a, that's a good question man Amen. It's, you know i always tell the guys when they come up and and they talk and stuff the the four tools is the four legs and then we have the four questions and the four questions is such a basic tool but if you've never done bible study and you're a new beginner in bible study and stuff the four questions is so strong right um, I'll go over them quickly if you don't mind. Please you do. Know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the four questions is, what is the voice of God telling you to be obedient about? Um, what does scripture say about that? Um, 
why why is god telling you that and how are you going to act on it you know how are you going to react to the question or to the information you're gathering and it's a big thing because we often in the christian world we hear oh god told me this or god led me to this and my first question is always like sure man what does scripture say about that mm-hmm. right and people are like what do you mean i'm like well if it's not in scripture i have a hard time believing that god's telling you to do it because i've never heard him speak audibly you know i've had moments where i've truly felt the nudge of the holy spirit to say okay go this right go this way or do this thing but in the same token when i acted out or do it i can always back it up with scripture so it's not just it's not just oh the voice of god told me to buy a new vehicle you know or like if i if i had to act on every time i thought the voice of god told me to buy a new bike i would have had a fleet by now so <laughs> you know amen ditto exactly yeah so you know i always have to check that voice because the voice is often not from christ or my wife one of the two you know right right yeah. absolutely absolutely I'd love that too. The four questions. And, uh, you know, anytime we go into the daily word and prayer time, you know, I'm, I'm going through those four questions, right? And how God's, I love it. And it's a, it's a validation, right? It's a verification and validation of, of how God might be speaking to you. Right. So yeah, that's powerful as well. What a great tool. Yeah. No, the biggest thing is I think growing up in a strong, big, large Christian organization. and And I, I can't bash the organization because there's people that I will see in heaven and I'll probably have to apologize for being who I was to them back in those days. Um, it's not an organizational failure, but I, I think church the globally is failing men the basic tools to build a relationship with Christ. You know, um, we kind of quickly touched on it. Most YouTube videos last three to five minutes and that's it, you know. Mm-hmm. You know how long most men last in church? Three to five minutes. And that's it, right? So if, if you can't encourage a man to, to build his own life to a point where he can, you know, learn from a church set up with 25 to 35 minutes of teaching, then, then you're failing it. And I think that those four legs and four questions definitely put basics in men's hands so that they go, yeah, I want more. I need more to to be stronger and better at this, right? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, Disciple Groot, I greatly appreciate your time. It's been an honor and a blessing. It's been a blessing getting to know you over this past year or so. I and I hope my viewers uh, will be praying for you, your ministry, safety on the road, and I look forward to us being all able to ride and gather together in groups and in community. So in closing, I just want to say, be blessed, be safe and be healthy. Thank you so much, Don. And to you, to you as well. And just maybe a challenge to the motorcycle community out there. I think as soon as we're allowed out, we should gather in large packs. We don't have to get within six feet of each other, but gathering large packs and, you know, let the world know we're not as bad as you think we are. We love one another and we get along and we, we respect our culture. Amen. Amen. God is. Be blessed and be humble, man. God is. Great. God is.
God is great. 888. Amen. God bless you. There you go. Okay. Take care, man. Thank you. God bless you. Bye.